1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Joe is in the building. Well, we're, yes. we're in two different buildings. Because it's, it's still... Dude, like, when COVID's over, are we going to do these together, in person? Hopefully, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to do um, live concerts, right? We're just going to, like, sit in front of an audience, and every single time we talk, there's going to be, like, 80 people, right?
1: Me and Joe were just talking about potentially doing this live on... on, uh, <laughs> on, <laughs> on uh, to that scale of course yeah and we just we we didn't even talk about it but i just want to mention on the podcast because i want people to like dm us and let us know whether that's a good idea or not yeah um but today we want to talk running backs and this is our running back rankings update episode um the last time we did this was like more than a month ago this was like yeah Yeah. no two two maybe two months ago right like this is way before it was like way before the draft
0: it was right after free agency i think that's right. That's right. It was two months ago.
1: No, you're right. Yeah. It was. So end it was of March. March
0: into like beginning of April, we did all our because
1: rankings. all all of April we were doing our rookies, mm-hmm. uh, our rookie podcast, so um our rookie prospect podcast. So okay, so let's get into running backs, man. Last week we did quarterbacks. Um, if you look at the original running back podcast, that's where we really get into what we expect out of these guys, and anything that has changed since then, we'll talk about it today. Pretty much. Um, listen, man. There's one guy, so we're we're gonna go over these rankings, and you know we'll kind of go back and forth about you know like where we'll we be have all these over the place, but
0: you'll it. get a ton of good value. Just worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So I just want to say one thing, and and I don't know what's gotten into me, but like as of today, I moved down Alvin Kamara a lot, and and, and really? I I yeah I did, and like so the more I look into it, I I think the more risk. I think Kamara presents.
0: So, so where, where is he now for you? Because, like, I have him three. Right now, mm-hmm.
1: he's a low end RB1 for me.
0: Like 10? Nine. Wow. Yeah. I wow. That's crazy. That's now- crazy why specific yeah okay yeah i'm
1: curious let me get into the why real quick and and listen i'm an alvin camaro fan like i like the dude and and i do think that this offense you know was running through him running for michael thomas and if you listen to the last podcast that we did about this i was pretty you know i I had conviction that alvin camaro the the offense was going to continue to run through him and through michael thomas but the more i look at it The sample size uh, on this team has been huge in terms of Sean Payton always having that pass-catching running back, you know what I mean? And this role has been there since Sean Payton has been there. But you know who else has been there? Drew Brees has been there too. And Alvin Kamara is not the type of back who is getting 20 carries a game, right? And he was very dependent on the pass-catching. He was very dependent on getting those – 80 receptions per season right um and with that right the touchdowns you know put him to another level right um my issue now my issue today is if Jameis Winston and if Taysom Hill don't target Kamara as much we're talking seven to ten targets a game right maybe more than that You know what I mean? That's what he's been making his living on and how he's been been scoring points for us. But now, like, if these guys don't target him as much, if they're targeting him, like, maybe four to six times a game instead, that might be a little bit worrisome. Four to seven targets, it might be a little bit worrisome for me because he's not getting enough volume on the ground. Like, for example, Austin Eckler, right? Mm -hmm. He's at a point where he's getting, like, he's averaging, like seven to eight targets a game with uh, Justin Herbert, you okay. know what I mean, and we know that. Um, we we know that uh, Drew Brees, you know, he was he was he's one of the best ever passing the ball short to intermediate, maybe the best ever, you know, it's for in terms of accuracy goes. So I don't think that you know I'm not saying that I'm projecting Alvin Kamara to, to be that way. I just think that so many running backs have moved ahead of him because of their projected workload. And I just rather have the the guarantee that I'm going to get a certain type of workload with in terms of receptions and rushes and mm-hmm. potential goal line looks as well with you know combination of safe floor and all that. And I'll tell you who I have above them. And we'll get we'll get into all that. But Okay. It is just really interesting. Now talk to me in a month. You know what I mean? This is a, a, a process, right? And I think the part of these po- podcasts are should just kind of present the process and present the thought process in terms mm-hmm. of you know trying to
0: evaluate these guys. Um, but that's basically what's going on in my head right let me, now. Let me let me ask you something about Matt. Why wouldn't he? Why would he not get those targets? An offense that lost Jared Cook, an offense that lost Emmanuel Sanders, an offense with no established wide receiver two. Uh, Adam Troutman, an up-and-coming name, but he hasn't established himself as like a guy who's going to command targets in this offense. Latavius Murray, a very capable running back, but if you're going to pass the ball, it's going to be Kamara on the field. It's not going to be Murray. So, if let's say if James Winston's thrown the ball thirty times a game, right? Like, why would Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara not combine for easily more than half? Like, they should be combining for like. 18 to 20 of those 30 targets. Like, should they not? Like, and I think that's plenty for Kamara on a week-to-week basis to be okay. I understand the argument of like if he doesn't, but like at the same time, I just think for for Sean Payton right now, you don't know how this quarterback situation is. You don't have much to work with outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, so you kind of have to stick to what works, you know. And Kamara, as we know, and I'm gonna say Kamara Kamara each time. I still don't. Find, he doesn't even know. But um, (laughs) uh, he's very capable on the ground, too. It's not something that he's ever had consistently. Like, he's not going to get consistent ground production each week. And he has had that cast catching consistently on a week-to-week basis. But you said it yourself. Like, those targets, are like, one target's worth one and a third as opposed to each rush. So I I think Kamara's still going to get his targets. And I think ultimately, like, and this is my thing for Hunter Henry, too. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, next week. But um, if Cam's throwing the ball 25 times a game, why can't Henry get eight or nine of those targets? Like, who else is he going to go to? You know, like, again, I know sometimes things get a little messy, but that's what I think about for Camara. Why can't he be getting a big chunk of that uh, targets?
1: You know, that was such a random analogy just now to Hunter Henry. Hunter- <laughs> you know, like I said, this is I guess just- it's. It's because you're a Patriots fan and that's the like, top of mind.
0: I get it. Um, yeah. But I think, I, but I, I brought it up because a lot of people are like, how is Hunter Henry going to produce? Cam Boone's not, not going to throw the ball that much. Well, you know, most quarterbacks throw the ball at least 20 times a game, as long as you're not Kendall Blinton, who's not even a goddamn quarterback. Um, but yeah. So like you figure they don't have any other weapons. Why can't Henry get the biggest chunk yeah. of, you know, so, that's just why that came yeah, up.
1: Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. And, and it, I don't know what the pass distribution is going to be like without Drew Brees, right? Uh, can a wide receiver two emerge? Uh, you know, a guy who's running deeper routes. You know, can Callaway or or um, Smith. or Traquan? You know, mm-hmm. not not saying that they're going to be super fantasy relevant or anything. It's about can they be involved enough, right? Where they're getting five, six targets each, something like sure. that, right? Um, the pass distribution can look very different because Drew Brees wasn't throwing the ball down the field. Like, we know that Jameis Winston is going to do that. Jameis Winston is not like a dink and dunk type of quarterback, you know? And, um, you know, uh, and Taysom Hill, like, in in, the, in three out of the four games, Alvin Kamara got a, only a handful of targets, not even in those games, right? Um, the only last game is when he got those targets. So it was one of those things where, like, you know, the last game, uh, potentially, it, it you, there's two ways to explain that last game. One is that Sean Payton was like, dude, we got to pass it to Kamara. Let's go. Three games you didn't pass it to Kamara, let's pass it to him. Four, teams were like, yo, listen, he's not passing to Kamara. We don't have to cover him as much. You know what I mean? It could go either of those, either, either of those ways.
0: And didn't they lose to the Eagles the week before?
1: They lost to the Eagles in the last game.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, see, yeah.
1: like, I, I, the interesting thing to me, too, is that Taysom Hill, you know, there's a potential that he's the quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. As well, as, as and, and
0: I will downgrade Kamara if Taysom Hill is the quarterback. I don't know if I downgrade yeah. him all the way to nine, but I will. Sure. Downgrade
1: it, him. So, if Jameis Winston is the quarterback, is there any guarantees that Taysom Hill doesn't come in more than he would have?
0: <laughs> when and that's Drew what Hughes I was talking about last week on that, episode. And, and and
1: and you maybe even think about this further with those comments. And this is why yeah. I like to have these conversations too, because like you know we're we're opening each other's minds to like sure. all these different possibilities. Which is why it's important to listen to m- multiple fantasy analysts. I hope well, you guys don't only listen to us. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you wanna you wanna listen to all the perspectives as much as you can. Oh, yeah.
0: Um what I will say about that is like when I think about like that target distribution, and you're like, well, maybe Camara doesn't. I think of like, okay, so we're gonna go to Thomas, we're gonna go to Camara, and then who else? Like in my mind, I'm not automatically thinking like, oh, Camara's position as a pass catcher is like questionable. Like, because I think over the last three or four years, he's proved that, like, he's the essential part of that passing game. And yeah, as you know, but.
1: He is the best pass-catching running back in the NFL.
0: And that's what I'm saying to the point where my immediate thought is, and I'm questioning his involvement, my immediate thought is, okay, who else is going to get involved right. after him? Like I think they're going to find a way to get him the ball. And I know James Winston is not a dink and dunk type guy, but he doesn't have an established deep threat. He doesn't have Chris Godwin who can play on the outside. Mike Evans is one of the better deep threats in the league. Like he doesn't have that in New Orleans. Michael Thomas yeah. ran the most slant rounds out of any wide receiver in the NFL over the last – three or four years so like they they just don't have those weapons available
1: yeah and and from that perspective it's a great point i mean it's like why would you not give alvin kamara the ball over these other guys exactly for sure um but is was it a product of getting him the ball that much right like sometimes 10 11 receptions right That's, Mm -hmm. that's in certain games getting him the ball that much was that a combination of Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Whereas if somebody else is the quarterback, maybe he gets the ball five to six times a game. It's
0: I think, that. I think like, I think there are different situations. I think Drew Brees declining and, you know, not being like a deep thrower type guy. I think that's definitely plays a huge part of it. But I think at the same time, like this is a different situations where there aren't as many weapons on this offense where I wouldn't see where else to go. And I think James yeah. Winston, um, you know, they're not going to alter their offense for James Winston. I think James Winston is going to have to alter himself for the saints offense um I, I really don't think they're going to turn into this you know deep passing they want to play to his strengths so maybe they'll throw in a couple of extra deep shots but i feel like as a whole they're going to want to do i mean,
1: listen if i'm sean payton i want to attack down the field you know what i'm saying because this is the one chance you have right like they didn't have that opportunity. but with what and if you're though? not if you're not well they have deep threats like trey Glenn smith he's not a proven yeah. deep threat he's been inconsistent
0: and then if well, you're gonna make your offense for well, he's it.
1: a consistent separator, but he hasn't been getting the ball deep, right? And like, what True. we were gonna depend on Drew Brees to, to make that happen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and that's that's kind of the argument there. Now,
0: yeah,
1: um, I, let me tell you who I have in front of Kamara.
0: Okay, okay? yeah, Joe Mixon, obviously.
1: Uh, <laughs> I have Joe Mixon under Kamara. Uh, Christian wow. McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon, Derrick Henry, Zeke, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Aaron Jones.
0: I have no problem with those guys. guys.
1: Right, exactly. So it's like, I know what those guys' roles are, right? <laughs> I, and I'm I, i, I I'm confident in, in what to expect from those guys. Um, and then the price, obviously, the, the price for Camara plays into it, too, where, like, he's being drafted as a top three back. You, um,
0: did, did you say JT or did you not say JT? I did not. I did not. He's a 13 for me. Really? Yeah. See, so I have – And look, I have Austin Eckler at 11. Um, And look, if I could fit 11 guys into the top eight, I would. It's just about a small preference for me. And, um, you know, I just don't, like you said, I don't think, and, and I'm thinking of Eckler the exact same way you're thinking of Alvin Kamara. I'm thinking of, okay, this is a new system There isn't much else to go with the ball for Justin Herbert, and Austin Eckler did do well and got a ton of targets. This is a totally new offense, a totally new regime. Who knows what kind of usage we're going to see out of him? Who knows where Justin Herbert is going to look into his second year? Um, I know, again, like this is the same thing for Kamara. Like, there's not, they don't really have anyone else. They have the wide receiver one, which is Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, and then they have Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara. Like, they don't really have too much of a supporting cast outside of that. So, why would they not target? Eckler like crazy, but uh, it makes me understand the Camara thing more because that's how I'm feeling about Eckler like the uncertainty and the inconsistencies yep. as, a, as a rusher and stuff like that. Well, the, good but I think thing about, the difference between Eckler and Camara is, is that, that Camara price, is right? much a better ground rusher than Eckler is. I feel like Eckler yeah. really struggles on the ground as opposed to Camara, as we saw last year, six touchdowns. We will never see a game where Eckler gets six touchdowns on the ground. It's just never going to happen. And you can say that for a lot of running backs, but I just don't think Eckler is even capable of doing something like that.
1: No, because he's not the goal line back. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. When you're drafting Eckler, you're drafting him for his floor, right? Mm-hmm. His high pass catching floor, um, and and that's that's really it. You're not going to get those goal line carries. Now, can he score from outside that goal line zone? Goal line area, of course. And he's done it in the past, but. Like you're really you're really drafting him because you believe that he's gonna get like seven to ten targets. A game.
0: Then that makes me think. Like you even said yourself, Kamara's a better goal line back. He's a better rusher on the ground. He's got, I'd say, a a higher floor than Eckler in terms of targets. Eckler was a little all over the place. There was a game or two where he wasn't That's where that's where I,
1: that's where I disagree. With Justin Herbert, he averaged mm-hmm. the most targets of any running back in the league, even more okay. than Kamara. So the, I, I I kind of. Trust that he's going to get the ball a little bit more than than the Camara is this year. Um, also, because Joe Labardi's going there, they constantly talk about moving Eckler in space, getting him the ball in space, and 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 playing hmm. playing like playing like like giving the ball Camara, like, like Camara, yeah. like like all those other Saints running backs in the past, pass catching backs in the past, um, if, and the fact that Justin Herbert's still there, you know, passing yeah. the ball as we learned, passing the ball to running back. You know, a lot of it is con- attributed to the quarterback. You know, uh, look at Philip Rivers, right? Um, so it's one of those things I think, you know, will Alvin Kamara deserve the touches? Yeah, he does deserve the touch. He deserves those mm-hmm. those targets. Um, but I have more confidence that Austin Eckler is going to get uh, a high target volume than I do Alvin Kamara, unfortunately. But I
0: think another bar to that too was, was that Anthony Lynn. Because Anthony Lynn is obsessed with his running backs and getting them involved as pass catchers and, you know, using them a ton on the ground and whatever it may be. So, and and Austin Echo was Anthony Lynn's guy from the start. Not that he's not going to be the guy for this new regime. He's obviously established himself and he has the contract. I'm just saying, like, we have to factor that. Like, it may be the same quarterback, but it's not the same system. And I know this this is a, like, this is another system that wants to use him. And they're speaking about using him in a similar way, Mm -hmm. but it may not be the highest targets out of any running back per game. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, no, I I hear you. I hear you. I just think that since somebody from the Sean Payton regime is going to come over there, um, it's like kind of like... It's not a
0: bad thing. It can't be a bad thing.
1: Right. It's like, it's like you know, I don't think those targets are necessarily going to go away. No. You know, and, and, and they didn't really add any other pass catchers to the point where like, I'm really worried about it. And mm-hmm. in, in New Orleans, it's like the quarterback who's been there for so long, as long as the system has been around, sure. as far as we know, it is like he's gone. So like, that's the risk. Um and, and, w- and when I put Alvin Kamara at nine, it's like, who would I rather take the risk on? You know, and that's kind of how, how it is. And I feel like, you know, I, I made these rankings very quickly. And um, it's one of those things where it's more of a feel. Um, I did do some projections. And w- when I put it together, that's kind of where he landed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so he, he moved down about four spots for me. I think he was okay. at five before. Um, and he, you have to draft him as a top three back. I just think that the risk is a little bit high for him. Um, Makes sense. So I have Austin Eckler like two spots ahead of him. I have Aaron Jones one spot ahead of Kamara. Um, see, yeah. with Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is like an exception to the rule for me. Like, and we talked about this before, mm-hmm. where like I feel like going into the next season, like I feel like Nick Chubb, he already had like a, a great year two years mm-hmm. ago right and he he led the i think he led the league in rushing that year yeah. right 2 years ago and um i just feel like he's still not done yet i feel like he still has oh, this yeah. like monster still season left and he like, missed some like games he still last year too yeah and like now his defense is better now mm-hmm. you know uh this they're going into the second year of the kevin, kevin Stefanski off, offense they have a great offensive line baker kind of you know hopefully
0: improved pl- themselves as a playoff contender
1: yeah, man. So, like, I just think that this is an opportunity for Chubb to, like, consistently average, dare I say it, dare I say it like, Derek Henry-like numbers. Maybe not, like, the 32 carries, 35 carries we see sometimes here and there, but, like, consistently 20-plus on the ground. And yeah. we know how good Chubb is, right? Because he's mm-hmm. so talented. He, that's why I'm willing to put him there. I think Jonathan Taylor fits that mold as well. But I'm just not as confident that he's going to get that type of work. That's the only reason why I don't have him there. Obviously, Cream Hunt is the primary passing passing down back there um, in 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 uh, Cleveland. But I, I think that there is more, there is less to go around in Indy in terms of rushing volume. Um, and I think that I'm not sure that JT is going to be able to like consistently get 20 carries a game. Um, but why not though? You know.
0: Are you are you worried about Marlon Mack?
1: Oh no. Marlon Mack has nothing to do with this. This is really about okay, him. Good. I'm just making Naheem sure. Hines. I'm just making sure. I had
0: to make sure I wasn't talked to about Mar- this is about, Mar- this Marlon is about Mack him over here.
1: No, no, this is about him almost and as bad Hines. as
0: a Derek Cartruther. Just saying.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that last week. Um, <laughs> it is basically for me, it's between him and Naheem Hines. I think that's what the backfield is gonna look like. Can Marlon Mack, you know. Okay take up like 10 to 15 percent of snaps here and there sure uh, but i do think that this is going to be a uh you know primarily primarily jonathan taylor type of type of type of show um you know with philip rivers there you know there was a lot of you know high chances of them dumping the ball down on early downs when jonathan taylor was on the field um is that going to happen now with carson wentz you know i don't know now they don't have like a plethora of pass catching options. Like these guys would have to step up in order for Carson Wentz to yeah. like really have some, you know, have success throwing the ball. Um, but I, I, I don't, I know what Nick Chubb's role is. And I, we've seen it last year, right? We know what this offense is, is a run heavy offense within maybe, a, you know, he might, Nick Chubb might be the best rushing rusher in the league, you know, him and pure runner. Kelly, right? that's what we always say. Exactly. He's
0: the best pure runner in the league.
1: Exactly. So we know what he <clears> is, <throat> is, the talent and the opportunity. That we know is going to be there for him, even though he's sharing the backfield.
0: Yeah. Jonathan Taylor,
1: I'm just not as convinced that he's going to get that consistent workload, you know, week in and week out. And because I'm so, I, I, you know, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry are the only two guys that I break my rules for, right? I don't think Jonathan Taylor's there just yet because he doesn't have that role. Even though in Dynasty, I prefer Jonathan Taylor you know over like <laughs> almost like every running back right he's like he might be my rb1 in dynasty um overall i, I mean christian mccaffrey Dalvin, you know this other guy yeah like he, he's the best young guy right um but yeah so that's part of the reason why i i, I don't have Jonathan taylor ranked high. i have like these workhorse potential guys like after after kamara i have naji harris uh at 10 because really? i just believe that he, yeah i just believe that he's going to get like 300 touches this year i could see it. Um, yeah, like, you know, a lot of pass catching volume, man. Look at look at Ben Roethlisberger, man. Like, he's not passing the ball down the field either. He has that. Like, Johnny's like, excited right to now. get a
0: workforce back.
1: He is, man. He is. And, like, you know, Najee's playing, playing at wide receivers, playing in the slide. He's running routes Um, in OTs right now. They're getting ready for him, man. And, like,
0: he's an investment. Yo, using.
1: Ben is going to dump it down so much this year, man. Like, it's not even funny, dude. And, and yeah. that's part of the reason why I've Harrison. I'm not really concerned about that offensive line. We're talking fantasy football here, right? Yeah. Um, then I have Joe and, Mixon.
0: I have Joe Mixon at 11, dude. I have him at 10. My top 10. Yep. I have just about everyone you do, except I have Jonathan okay. Taylor in there instead of Austin clear. Where? But yeah, I have Joe Mixon at Where'd 10. you have him? Where'd you have uh, uh, seven. Taylor? Seven. okay. Okay. Ahead of Aaron Jones?
1: Uh Yeah, I have Aaron Jones at nine. You have Aaron Jones. Oh, what, where do you have Nick Chubb?
0: Six. Six.
1: Okay. I did move, move Zeke up to five, by the way. I had him at seven before.
0: I've been thinking about moving Zeke up. I've been on and off about it. Eight. But, uh yeah, eight. Yep. Eight. Got it. Got it. Yeah.
1: I, I moved him up two spots. He was at seven before for me before. Uh I just dude, I just have confidence in that offense, man. It's just so hard. Like, like he's gonna get the pass catching work, right? He's gonna get the, the rushing work, and like it's a great no, offense. And
0: I'm, I don't know. Liberal, anyway, um, I I think
1: I, I cut I cut you off.
0: Yeah, I mean in terms of mixing, like what has really changed after the draft? They they got a uh, these are second round pick on a guard, which is nice. They added Riley Reeve through free agency. Uh, they added a center, I believe, in run three or four, where I think is a chance of starting for them as well. So that might be another addition to the offensive line. Um, you know, Joe Mixon, he, he's doing and, great. And they he cut training Gio. Uh, and they, they cut since Gio is the biggest thing.
1: We didn't talk about that last time. They cut Gio right before the draft, I think it was. And
0: this is a tweet I put out today in regards to cutting Gio and why Mixon might be in a situation to get that 50, uh, 50 receptions that we've been looking for to establish himself as a real running back one. Okay. Hey,
1: uh, I'm, I'm going to say something here. Don't you feel like 50 is kind of like the
0: floor? And that's what I'm saying. Right? This, is, th- this tweet will explain. Okay. <laughs> so I've been doing my projections for each team as I do every year. Uh, it's a ton of fun, by the way. I don't know if you've done like all out projections for each team, but it really gives you an idea of like, damn, like, I'm trying to di- diversify these targets in this Bengals offense and looking at the shares from last year. I'm like, damn. So all these wide receivers really could have over a hundred targets, like very easily. And now I'm like thinking more about like, okay, I'm going to start targeting T Higgins more. I got to move him up. Mm-hmm. It makes, it puts you in a different perspective when you see the numbers laid out and you're like, okay, these targets physically have to go somewhere. There's no way it's going to the tight ends. There's no way it's going to this guy. So it's got to, you know, it, it, it's really cool. But the, the tweet goes like this. Let's assume the Bengals throw the ball six hundred times next season. They threw about five hundred eighty times last year. They lost a ton of plays when Joe uh, Joe Burrow went down, and they played less plays. That's per being game.
1: super conservative, by the super way. Super
0: conservative, because and that's the point of this tweet. Super conservative. Do you
1: know I how many? Do you know where they ranked in terms of uh, passing attempts per game before no, Joe me. Burrow got hurt? They were second in the league.
0: And that's second my league. point. This is so super conservative. Um, just so there's like no arguing point right so super conservative call it 600 with 17 games that's a easy easy floor the Bengals running backs last year had a 17.6 target share right now just for shits and giggles let's drop it down two and a half percent let's drop it down to 15 target share okay and there's no there's no reason to think it would go down. Like, it's possible maybe they start using the wide receivers more. Whatever the case, we're just being extremely conservative here. Let's drop it down to 15%. That's roughly 87 targets to all of the running backs, okay? Without Geo, Mixon could easily see 80% of the targets. Again, being very conservative. I think he has a chance at 85 90% of these targets, maybe even close to 100 I don't really see any of these other running backs being a threat. Okay, so let's call it 80% of those targets. That puts him around 70 targets, um, and, you know, he can easily catch 50, 51 of those. And this is such, like, a low floor. Like, they're easily going to have over 600, target, uh, over 600 attempts. Joe Mixon could very easily have over 80% of those running back targets, and the running back targets as a whole could very easily stay at 17.6. So in the very bare minimum situation for Joe Mixon, He's looking at 50 plus receptions. So if we're talking about a situation where let's say the past attempts are 650 or 640, whatever it is, and you know, they get a higher target share, whatever the case may be, like Joe Mixon's looking at like it, it could be 80, 90 targets. Like that's nuts. That's a possibility for a guy like Joe Mixon. Hundred percent,
1: and and that's being conservative. Again, like it's and, being
0: so conservative. Like the most conservative you could be with Nixon, and he's on track for at least fifty receptions.
1: Yes, you know who, what everyone's going to say right now. If Joe Mason can stay healthy,
0: <laughs> like he didn't play sixteen games the year before that, <laughs> and if their season wasn't fucking lost, could Joe Burrow tore his ACL and lost half his knee? Talk to him, would Joe. Have come back anyway.
1: Talk to him, Joe. Now we got to mark this episode explicit. Awesome, yes. thank you. man you're
0: welcome.
1: All you gotta do is rile Joe. Is just talk talk shit about Joe Mixon. Um, this is this is officially becoming explicit podcast. So uh, hide your kids, hide your wife. Um, top five, top five. Um, um,
0: it's happening?
1: But yeah, I think where we ranking where we're ranking him like RB eleven. If he plays like I don't know fourteen games, it's a lock. You know what I mean? And in points per game, he's definitely that's just that's his floor.
0: And his running back coach, Frank Pollock, is back. Last time Frank Pollock was his running back coach, he had four point nine yards per carry. Yeah, Frank that Pollock. was his
1: career year right there.
0: Um, so listen, listen, let's let's go over
1: the guys who we think who okay, let's go with who we know are going to be uh, basically almost an every down back right this year. Okay, we got Christian McCaffrey, we got Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, yeah. I'm going to pass over Zeke. He's not. He might not be an every down, but he can see like 70%, I would say. So okay. three down back, three down back, not, maybe not an every down. Joe Mixon. Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. K-Makers, we don't know for sure. I'm going to leave mm-hmm. him off for now, mm-hmm. but that's his upside. I have not ranked like he is. Okay. So that's five. I, I'm not counting A- 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 Acres. by the way. Sure. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, no. Uh, Kamara? I would say hmm. no. 65%, 70% yeah. of snaps. That's still five people. Uh, Chris Carson, probably not. Uh, DeAndre Swift, probably not. No, Jamal not. With Jamal Williams there. Mike Davis? Yeah. Todd Gurley, potentially. Mike Davis? We don't know. But he's a potential sixth. I don't potential. think
0: so. I think because the so. Falcons signed someone sneaky who I think is going to take away from that we're not expecting. Sure. Not because they sign in the future. I think they already have him on the team. Who's going to take away from him? Who? Quadro Patterson. Seriously? Because look, the way they used (laughs) Patterson last year was as that rotational piece behind David Montgomery in the absence of Cohen. He didn't do bad. He had some good plays. And I just
1: he think played like, a... he played like 10% of snaps to give David Montgomery a breather. David Montgomery's playing like 90% of snaps. Cordell Patterson came in for like four snaps a game,
0: but he they gave him the ball more in those four snaps. <laughs> nope. Let me pull this up. I'm going to pull this
1: up. You keep going. Mm-hmm. Doo, 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 doo. Okay. So that's five players so far. Sure. Okay. Um, Clatter with Hilaire. No. Antonio Gibson. Probably not. Um, Miles Gaskin, maybe not an every down, but a no, uh, three down guy. guy. <laughs> um, David Montgomery, no. Travis Etienne. I think we're done here, bro. Five guys. That's it. The guys who we're hoping we need some more news from camp and all that sort of stuff, and and more tidbits from the coaches. You know, guys that we're looking at k makers potentially. It's, um, going to it's not gonna. Ha- it's not gonna happen with Jonathan Taylor. Antonio Gibson, maybe we're holding our breath there. I feel like, mm-hmm. honestly, um, maybe if listen, if Antonio Gibson, if they come out and say, like, listen, we don't want to take Antonio Gibson off the field, I'm putting him in my like top eight, you know what I mean? Like, he's should. moving up, he's moving should. up. Uh, Mike Davis,
0: Mike Davis, and then potential, maybe. Yeah. he's a
1: potential. Um, <laughs> Chris Carson, whenever what, what's his name, Rashad Penny gets hurt in
0: camp. When I'm not gonna. Win.
1: I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't get
0: hurt. Uh, Miles Sanders. I don't know. They already said they want to use uh, Kenneth Gainwell like uh, Naheem Hines. Nick Sirianni said that. Did he really? So, the conversation went like this. He was at the podium. He was being asked about the draft picks, and. Um, they said, "Hey, what about Kenny Kenneth Gainwell? Doesn't he remind you of Naheem Hines and how you would use him?" He's like, "Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. I think that's a fair comparison to Hines and uh, ideally how we'd want to use uh, Kenny Gainwell in this backfield." Then they started talking about how he's a good pass protector, how he's a very good pass catcher, and uh, one of Miles Sanders' were I, I did a full write up on Miles Sanders not so long ago. One of the issues with Miles Sanders, but he had nine drops last year. Um, he was not he was very inconsistent as a pass catcher. He was, was. great as a rusher. Right. So um, I I think Gainwell is going to come in. I think Gainwell could take a chunk of that passing work, which is going to leave Miles Sanders to get most of the groundwork. But I I think Miles Sanders is bound to vastly improve as a runner as well and be more efficient on the ground with the offensive line being healthy. Jalen Hurts is another threat. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Derek Henry real quick. I know we're moving all over. Let's do it. Let's go back. Would you agree with me that Derrick Henry already hit a ceiling in his career? No. Four hundred plus touches last year, including the playoffs. Right, almost four hundred mm. the year prior, including the playoffs. Mm. So when when does this end? Like I've been missing out on Henry every when he year. He gets receptions, and I've been fine. So you think he's going to start getting receptions now?
0: Look, like I don't know what more of an option they have. Um, if there is going to be like. 200 vacated targets darrington evans unless he comes in as a prolific pass catcher you would really just have aj brown josh reynolds and like some rookies out there you don't even have johnny smith anymore you would think theoretically that henry sees a at least a tad increase in targets like so like 15 targets this year (laughs) <laughs> and that's the point too like don't you want to get this guy more involved like I, Dude, I know we've, been for, we've been saying involved, that for we've been that
1: for years man we've been saying that for years there has to be yes a reason but why this is the
0: first this is truly the first time where it's like okay i unless they get julio jones i really can't see like what situation where terry henry doesn't at least see an increase the increase could be five or ten i don't know but if he doesn't see at least an increase it's it's gonna be hell to pay um <laughs>
1: So let me let me ask you this: Like for for the price that you're paying for him, like he almost has to hit 2,000 yards again to warrant the price, <laughs> right? Like, so I know that grabbing a running back early on is important and all that, but you know mm-hmm. who you know who averaged more points than Henry in full PPR leagues last year? Like I mean, obviously besides besides Kamara and Cook, right? Kamara and Cook, you know, prolific pass catchers in the, out of the backfield, but Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams outscored him. Oh, Stephon yeah. Diggs outscored him. Tyree Kill travis kelsey right d hop and calvin really right behind him like but these receivers like they averaged about five fantasy points less per game than dalvin cook and christian mccaffrey right obviously cmc didn't play all year but when he did they averaged about five points less than him mm-hmm. meanwhile they averaged more points than derrick henry but we're, we're targeting derrick henry super early right and I'm, I'm aware of the scarcity issue at running back and all that but like does Derrick Henry have the same ceiling like that? A guy who's gonna have extreme pass catching prowess, like even though his ceiling is relatively high, obviously, we know that, right? Like he's been one of the best running backs, fantasy running backs over the past couple of years. But mm-hmm. you have a risk of a coaching change, maybe not as efficient of a passing offense to get all those goal line conversions that he's had over the last two seasons. Two things that could lead to a to the passing office not being as efficient, right? One is the loss of Arthur Smith, right? And then two is the loss of all their all their receivers: Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Jonathan Smith. Um, and I understand that I've been fading Henry for a while. Like I think a lot of people know that already. Um, but I just I don't know if I can get it behind him just because of what he did the last two years. It, you know, at that price. Um, let me ask you this: Do you think Saquon has a higher ceiling than him? Hundred percent, right? Yeah,
0: Ce- ceiling wise, Saquon definitely Stealing does. Wise. It's just about health. It, it, is Saekwon. there is
1: there risk? Is there risk with Saquon? Yeah. Of course, right? Um, of course, like. Aaron Jones, like he has a goal line role, very solid pass catching role. This assuming, assuming Roger stays, by the way, like I I wanted to go down a little bit on that list. Listen, Mm -hmm. I still have Derrick Henry at four. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I didn't move him down like crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not nuts. I know what his role is. Like they have no choice, but to pound the rock with Derrick Henry this year. They have Mm -hmm. none. Like they have no pass catchers besides AJ Brown right now. Maybe they get Julio. Who knows? If they get Julio, I'm, I'm, I like it. I kind like,
0: of like it more <laughs> for Derek Henry. Yeah, right? it's hard It's, more, it's hard to not like it more. Offense um, gets
1: better, more goal line looks. That's what he needs. He's not getting pass catching work.
0: I, I will say that with all the things that the Titans lost this offseason, um, one of the things they did gain in the second round was an offensive tackle named Dylan Ridums, who um, is out of uh, North Dakota State University, I believe. Uh, from what I've heard, I haven't I've deep into film on him but from what I've heard he's a very very good run blocker um, and they had a hole at that right tackle spot so I, I think that could definitely be a factor because look you you make one hole for Henry and he slams that home run or if you give Henry a little more space per carry you know that's dangerous right it doesn't make up for the losses of Corey Davis Jonu Smith and you know everything else but at the same time, I think it definitely does help, and um, it makes me feel a little better about taking him at that fourth overall. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely risk with Henry, as there is every year. Um, but you know, we, we'll talk about risk the whole entire summer, and then still take him in <laughs> the beginning of the first round. So. I know,
1: I know, you know. So I did put Saquon above him. You know, so I, I kind of flipped them. I didn't, um, and the only reason why the AC reason why Altair. of course, right, and, and that's the the main thing, right, and. I know there's this huge risk of t- to take Saquon that early, that first round pick. Like it's yeah. it's risky. He could he could t- he could uh you know pull a hamstring. You know what I mean? And then you in one of those seasons, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm going for the upside, dude. The upside of Saquon is like believe. 400 400 touches with like and 80 of those coming via receptions. Like, am I projecting a healthy season? Like, I'm not projecting an un- unhealthy season for him. Sure, you know what I mean? Like, where do you rank him? Like, I'm gonna rank him at seven because he's
0: not going to perform as well or am I ranking him at
1: seven because I think he's going to get hurt you know what I mean
0: every year we always try to give. we I feel like we both always get this question of like where's the best spot to draft from right a lot of people always have that question and I think my answer this year is going to be the beginning of the first round right usually it's not but there seems to be some running backs at least right now, that are going to be available in that fourth to fifth range that I wouldn't be upset with. So I did a mock draft Monday. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. Um, no, I, didn't. I had the 102. I picked Delvin Cook. And I know this is a mock, so obviously there's going to be inconsistencies. I got Delvin Cook at the 102. Uh, I got Keenan Allen at the 211, and I got Allen Robinson at the 302. So and then in the fourth and fifth round,
1: I, I, I think I think I've taken uh, Allen Robinson at the 302
0: over the past like three, four years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing it again. <laughs> but point being, I got my I anchored my running back one, and then I got back to back wide receiver ones with Keyden Allen, Allen Robinson, and then the fourth and fifth round, I got Travis Etienne and Mike Davis, which doesn't sound like completely solid, but for the end of no, the fourth and beginning of the fifth, like that's
1: it does that's great. I'll be pumped. I would be pumped. And who knows like,
0: what's really going to happen. But like at this point, if the ADP stay this way and everybody's very, because of James Robinson, everybody's very off of Travis Etienne. I am very much on him. I I've been moving him up every single time I talk about yeah, Travis Etienne. I think
1: in that range, like fourth, fifth round range, yeah. like end of fourth
0: round, and like I'll tell you gotta you what. go for the upside there. You have to. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, uh josh jacobs was still available which in the fifth round why not you know at that point i'm not a huge fan of josh jacobs but if you're going to take a guy like him you take him in the fifth round um yeah I, and there was still like josh jacobs available and i believe there's one other guy available too so it just goes to show and i got michael carter in the eighth round as well my guy exactly well so, not really but you know yeah, but I, I mean, I my, my point is, like, if you're picking in the beginning of the round, you can get your anchor, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, whatever the hell you choose. And then by the end of the second, all the everybody's still going running back heavy. You get those good wide receivers and then you top it off with two more decent running backs. I feel like that's such a good strategy this year. I, it's going to have to see if it's ADP stand. But I love that.
1: I do, too, man. OK, so let me ask you about Antonio Gibson, man. Um, Antonio Gibson, from a dynasty perspective, I'm all in. Okay, sure. from a redraft perspective for 2021, he's going pretty early, dude. He's going like second round. Mm-hmm. I've seen him go early to mid second round at times. Um, you know, like you know, as a like low end <laughs> RB one. But like, sure, relative to the other running backs, maybe he's fine. But like early second round, mid second round, when these stud ass wide receivers are sitting there, can you pull the trigger on Antonio on Antonio Gibson at that point?
0: No, and that's what I proved in the draft. Antonio Gibson was staring me down at both of those picks that I made. He was staring me down at the 211. He was staring me down at the 302. Wow. And I chose because I saw – and I'm like, okay, look, if I can get Keenan Allen in the very end of the second round, I'm going to take him there. And then when he came back around, I'm like, okay, there's no way Allen Robinson is still going to be there. And he was. So I was like, all right, well, I guess you know, I'll double up on these guys. Um, I don't hate Antonio Gibson by any means. I actually do like him a lot. And, like, I would take him in the end of that second if there wasn't a wide receiver that was appealing to me, only because that's kind of just the way the drafts go nowadays, right? By the end of the third round, 20 running backs are off the board. And that's (laughs) just kind of how it works. Like, literally, at least 20 running backs are off the board.
1: Which is crazy to me. I mean, like for me, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, you have to go run two running backs in the first two rounds. And I'm just like, you really don't. Like, let everybody you get ETN, these Mike bum-ass Davis running backs. Like, let, no, I'm not calling I'm, I'm not calling him a bum. But like my point is that, like, let everybody overvalue running backs just because they're running backs, yeah. right? And they have this, like, magic appeal around them. When you're getting these stud wide receivers, Keenan Allen's going to give you, like, 15 PPR points a game mm-hmm. at the very least. And, like, and then all of a sudden, like, what? Like, Antonio Gibson, you know, what is his floor? Can you tell me what Antonio Gibson's floor is going to be, man? Like, is he going to catch five balls a game, I can't tell you that he will, right? So is he going to get you 20 carries a game? I can't tell you that he will either. So maybe the dude averages around 15 touches a game. That might not be enough to warrant taking him over. Like, he's being drafted around A.J. Brown, dude. He's being drafted around, you know. A.J. Brown is there, like, A.J. Brown. Of course, of course. Like, it's not, it's not even close for me. But some people are thinking, like, okay, well, listen, I got to grab the running back. Like, no, guys, listen, you don't have to do that. Okay, you can get running backs later. You'll be fine. You get Mm -hmm. to get your stud, get your stud in the first round. You know, I get that because there's a lot of studs in the first round. Like any of those first round guys, running backs, I'm happy taking them. I'm cool with that. Um, Like there's not really a a great chance that I'm taking a a wide receiver in the first round. Um, You know, unless like, like if if Joe Mixon is the best running back available for me in the first round. Like let's say like ten running backs go, go off the board. Right. And then like Najee Harris is off. Kamara's off. Aaron Jones is off. And then it's like Joe Mixon sitting there at me. I might go Devonta Adams at that point. You know, that's the kind of where I draw the line, you know, um, if it happens. So I'm perfectly fine with Devonta Adams as my first pick.
0: Really? Just because I'm crazy.
1: Oh, because it's Mixon. Yeah. Because, not because you want a running back. Got it. Got it. Uh <laughs> if I said any other running back who is below Mexican, probably Adams. Probably yeah. Adams.
0: Probably <laughs> right, right, right. Seems <laughs> here exactly. so, Adams. I'll probably take Adams. He's not mixing.
1: But yeah, I just want to stress that point, man. Like, don't don't put yourself, don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't put yourself in a mm-hmm. situation where you feel like, oh, I have to draft the running back. And if I don't, I'm gonna feel like shit. Do your yep. thing. Draft what draft, you know, knee water. Draft like as it comes, pick the best guy available. <laughs>
0: That That's and if I you, think. I do my mock drafts live on YouTube for people listening. And if you watch those, you can see my entire process of like, I have like, you can see me after every pick, I queue up the guys who would be acceptable picks the next time it comes around. Like, if I don't get any of these guys, I'm looking at a different position. Like, if I'm not getting, this guy, this guy, this guy. Okay. It's I'm going to lose value if I force myself to pick this position here. So I'm going to change to taking a wide receiver here. I'm going to try to pick my first tight end here. I'm going to pick my first quarterback because like, and look like I'm not a guy who's going to pick a quarterback in the fifth or sixth round, but if there's nobody else I like, if I've got my wide receivers and I'm like, I'm known none of these guys are appealing to me, then I'll take the quarterback. I'll take the value. I'll take the tight end, whoever it might be. So. Um I, I think it's a good process. I think everybody should try to implement that. Just have a do oh, not yeah. draft list and you know.
1: And Travis Kelsey too. He's up there too. Yeah. Like where like, you know, you have to consider taking him if you are not wowed by the running back, the first running back that you're gonna exactly. take. Or the second running back you're gonna take like early second round or whatever. I like I'd rather take Kelsey than Antonio Gibson. Like that's just what I'd rather do. Um so you do mock draft Mondays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like we should do mock drafts together on another day okay. live. Maybe like mock draft together Thursdays.
0: I do them I do them every week on my YouTube channel. Or, you are or,
1: or mock or mock draft together Tuesdays or mock Tuesday. draft together Thursdays. One of those. All right, we'll figure that out. Um so yeah so I moved Zeke. So we talked about that already. Um like if we know that K makers is going to get an every down roll where would you have him? What do you have we- them now by the way?
0: I have him. I have him at twelve, right behind
1: Eckler. Okay, so so you're. I have him at twelve as well. So we're pretty much on the same page as far as like he's mm-hmm. going to get the boatload of the work in L. A. Yeah, run heavy offense. Matt Stafford's in there. Upgrade on the offense, and he's going to have a. Th- I think he's going to have a three down role. I think he's going to be the primary third down back. Would you agree with that? Passing down back. Yeah, I believe so. Between him and Daryl Henderson, I think he's the guy. Right on, on, on passing down. So there is a possibility that he gets like a Todd girly light workload like he could girly had like a few years ago with Sean McVeigh. That's very possible. And I think Daryl Henderson's like a good compliment. So maybe there is some 70-30 split, but like even then, like Cam can easily finish as an R B one. Like if that's the case, R B twelve is the is his floor if he in, has seventy percent of the snaps.
0: In weeks thirteen to seventeen last year. Um, Acres averaged about 67% of the snaps. There were still some issues with Malcolm Brown and whatever. Um, that's 67.3 percent. That's including one game where he got hurt and one game where he was coming off an injury, right? Right. Uh in that same time span, he averaged 23 and a half touches per game. Only one of those games did he have under 20 touches, and that's the game he got hurt.
1: Right.
0: Like if I didn't include that game, he got hurt. He's averaging over easily over twenty five touches per game in that time span, and that's and huge. Sean Mav- and that's
1: Sh- Vay, Like there's so many signs of him just wanting to get Acres in there, right? Absolutely. Like he just Acres got hurt early in the season, right? He Took a slow and, and early. On Henderson and then, took over.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's many it.
1: signs. Um, and when he finally was healthy, Vay unleashed his ass. Um, but yeah, let me ask you this: How are you feeling about DeAndre Swift right now? He's going to get a bunch of targets this year. I know that. Like the vacated, the vacated yeah. targets are going to help him. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the history of like the highest vacated target teams going into the next season, the position that gets the most love the following year in terms of target share is running backs. Not wide receivers, not tight ends. It's running backs. So DeAndre Swift is their best pass catcher. Jamal Jamal Williams is very capable in that field as well he just necessarily isn't like as efficient as DeAndre Swift was last year but I think Swift is going to be that guy I do think that Swift is going to have a three down role but I do think Jamal Williams is going to play a, a decent factor maybe 65-35 something like that maybe 70-30 I don't know maybe 50-50 there's a little bit of an ambiguity there when it comes to this backfield so maybe Swift's price goes down because of the fact that it's a Lions, the fact that they're looking they, – Todd Gurley came in for a visit on Thursday, Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of people were scared off because of that. Maybe Todd Gurley stealing some goal line work, you know, potentially. But they did get rid of Carrion Johnson, uh, a needless Carrion Johnson. They're bringing in potentially a needless Todd Gurley. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that that affects Swift a whole lot. Um, maybe taking some goal line carries away potentially, but – what do you think about Anthony Lynn's comments about Jamal Jamal Williams calling him "quote unquote" what he think what he labels guys as an A back? Have you seen that? I have no. What do you quote? So, exactly? So Anthony Lynn um, basically said that he views Jamal Jamal Williams as what he calls an A back, a guy who can pass protect better than the B, somebody who can come in and do basically everything well, more of a power guy, more of a bigger back. That's what he called Jamal. Kind of like right? a Melvin Gordon,
0: Austin Eckler situation, where he's maybe but, him as but
1: board. It, yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe. But the thing is, like, <laughs> it's not like DeAndre Swift is an Austin Eckler sized dude. He's a big guy as as well. Yeah. So it's interesting to see like what he meant by that. Maybe he means he has two of those guys. He was specifically asked about Jamal Williams, not asked about like what their roles are going to be.
0: You know, between the yeah. two of them. So we we've heard a lot who, of good coach talk about is. DeAndre Swift as well, though. We've heard a lot yeah, of stuff from Dan have. Campbell about how we want to use him as the next uh, as the next Camara. You know, we're gonna get him we wanna we got Anthony Lynn here because we wanna put him in charge of getting DeAndre Swift into space. So no matter what, I think DeAndre Swift's pass catching role is secured. Um I think DeAndre Swift's floor is a top fifteen running back, as soon have- he gets more snaps, huh? What do you have? Him? Fifteen. Me too. I have him at I have him at his floor right now because, again, like Todd Gurley coming in, I'm not overly concerned. I know he's only 26 years old, but his knees are 40. Um, I'm not I'm not overly concerned. He might steal some touchdowns, which will be a little bit annoying. But Swift was playing like 38 percent of the snaps last year, and he was he, when he was actually on the field, he was like a low end running back too. Yeah, or, man, I mean, he was a mid-running back, too.
1: He was. like It's like if you had DeAndre head towards the end of the year, you were going to start him. But unfortunately, those headaches started coming in. Those migraines started coming in and he couldn't play. He was in the concussion protocol. And I did a lot of research on this because I put out a post about him the other day. And They're still not even sure if he had a concussion. Because he had migraines, it was never a hit that took him out. They don't know what happened. He had a bunch of migraines for those weeks. And it's, they don't even know if he had a concussion and they, he, had to go in, migraines. he had to go into the concussion protocol because of that yeah you know what i mean uh because it's a symptom of a concussion so i found some, that very interesting
0: some players i i think i've heard of other players in the past getting migraines and not feeling well and you know was it was, just, it, was, was percy getting... harvin was that was that what was going to percy harvin that I don't, I don't know why i was thinking of that but I, I don't know. I don't know. what's up You, you do research, but yeah, uh, I had Younger split to fifteen. Yeah, I
1: have that 15. Right? Yeah, like fifteen too. So that, that's kind of his floor. Yeah, it, it is. It it was Percy Harvin. Yeah, yeah, it, it was him. Um, who do you
0: have in that sixteen to twenty range? Like, what are the? What, give so, me the five guys. Can,
1: can I tell you who I have at fourteen? And I want you to get. I want to get your reaction. Oh, okay. I have Chris Carson. I have Chris Carson at fourteen. <laughs> I
0: have a seventeen. I'm not upset about that.
1: I just think that dude, like he's he's he got a new deal, he's the guy yeah. on the, in that offense. Like Rashad Penny, are we really expecting anything out of him?
0: You oh. know, and, and they didn't bring like they had Carlos Hyde there last year, but they haven't brought up anybody else into that offense. Yes. like, oh, he might play that role next to Hyde next to uh, if they Carson. do, no? No, no.
1: if if they bring in somebody else, then Le'Veon you might have Bell. to knock him down a little bit. Yeah, maybe you might have to <laughs> knock him down a little bit. You know, and we I think yeah. we talked about this, a Le- Le'Veon Bell potentially going to Seattle, but um. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, I just think, you know, he's the guy as of right now. And if he's the guy, he's going to be a three down bat, you know, he's going to be a passing get those catches too. And um, on a good offense, like goal line guy, he has a nose for the end zone. So it's hard for me to not rank him, you know, as a top 15 back, you know? Um, okay. So 16 to 20, you said, right. At 16. So 16 in order, I got Miles Sanders, Mike Davis, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins.
0: I have what about you. Uh sixteen I have Mike Davis. Um seventeen I have Chris Carson. 18 I have Miles Sanders. Um 19 I have Clyde and then 20 I have Dobbins. Okay. Gotcha. So where do you have Gibson? I had him at thirteen. Oh, that's right. You had him at thirteen. I have I have him at nineteen,
1: <laughs> which is kind of kinda kinda crazy. Um it's yeah. one of those things, like he has so much upside. Like if JD McKissick gets hurt. I feel like Anthony Gibson is like could be a top five running back.
0: For fantasy. You know, I'm not even all that concerned about J.D. McKissick. To be honest, I feel so like was it was more about... of Antonio Gibson learning the role, and J.D. McKissick being like Alex Smith's like you know right hand man. Sure,
1: but you know, I, I did. I put out a post on this other day, so I did a little yeah, research. Like, and and with I, I looked at the games without Alex Smith, like without him planning to start and finish the game, and like. J.D. McKissick was still playing; like he averaged fifty percent of snaps in those games. I remember coming into last season. J.D. McKissick was top of the, at the top of the depth chart yeah, coming into yeah. the season, so it, I, there was some think... intention behind that. Um, and like, listen, we could say that it was because that sure. you know this is his first year coming in, but we just don't know what the situation is going into this year. And I, I, I'm in the boat where I'm going to assume that he's going to play a similar role. You know, maybe a little bit less. Maybe he doesn't play fifty percent. But, he, you know, J.D. McKessie might play like 40%, you know, something like that, like a little bit lower. But is he going to come in in every passing, sound, passing situation? You know, that's my concern with him. And we're projecting a much better offense, mm. um, but uh, we haven't necessarily seen it click just yet, right? My, so like, I'm I'm yeah. a little bit, you know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of holding it a little bit, you know what I'm saying, until I hear anything different.
0: The way I view Janie McKissick is as uh, a pass-catching weapon on this offense. I view him as just another pass-catching weapon. I don't view him as a threat to the Ron game. I'm sure you don't either. But for me, in this Washington offense, I feel like with the addition of Curtis Samuel, uh, Diami Brown, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who's going to target more downfield rather than you know being conservative like Alex Smith or whoever else was in that quarterback room, I just feel like Jenny McKissick's usage and like his usefulness to the team isn't going to be as high because I feel like they want, they want a guy like Antonio Gibson on the field who can be that runner. He can be that multi-purpose back as opposed to McKissick when he's on the field, you know, he's there to catch passes. And I feel like his usage as a pass catching weapon has shot all the way down with the additions of guys like Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown, and uh, having Ryan Fitzpatrick in that quarterback room. So that's that's how I view J.D. McKissick. I don't see him as, like, another running back stealing snaps because obviously that who, that's who he is and what he does, but I think that's just because of the position he plays. I think, you know, if, if he was a wide receiver, it wouldn't really have changed anything for Gibson um, just because he classifies himself as a running back. He's just going to be on the field when Gibson isn't, you know?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and that's how he they were using him last year, right? Gibson was exactly. coming off the field, for McKissick and then when Alex Smith came in McKissick was lining up all over the field with Gibson on the field too yeah so like Gibson was lining up in the backfield with McKissick in the slot McKissick cut two back sets that sort of thing but, mm-hmm. you know bef- you know when Alex Smith was not in the game McKissick was rotating with Gibson Gibson wasn't getting more than 50% of snaps per yeah. game um and I don't know how they're going to view Gibson going into next year are they viewing him as purely an early down back I don't know right I, I want to hear more um, yeah. And I think what you're saying is, like, it makes way too much sense. Like, the fact that it was Gibson's rookie year, number one. Number two, these guys sucked, man. I know Alex Smith was coming comeback player of the year, but, like, Alex Smith couldn't throw the ball down the field. Okay, number one, right? But look at the other guys, Dwayne Haskins. Like, did they expect him to throw the ball down the field? No, they needed somebody they could check it down to reliably, right? So that's why he was on the field. So I think what, that that logic – like it makes too much sense. And you're right about that. So I'm hoping that we hear something coming from the beat reporters, coming from confirm it. coming it. Co- co- yeah. I mean, there's never anything that's gonna confirm anything. Yeah, yeah. But like it, it has to I need I need more clues to, to sure. tell me that. This early in the offseason, uh, we don't know that because McKissick is still on the team. We know that they like McKissick a lot, right? Um, so that's that that's my concern there. So sure. Um I do think they would have let Antonio Gibson rock. As a pass catcher, because listen, Gibson was a great pass catcher in college, dude. He's a wide receiver, you know. So like, he has that upside, like, you know, of of Christian McCaffrey, you, you know, with these guys. So like, um, I'm hoping that he could do something, you know, to that effect. And I hope I'm hoping that he ends up getting a, a role where he's playing on passing downs too, um, yeah. which would basically move him up uh, super high for me. Um, I might have to consider moving him up just a little bit, um, but the, like, I might. You know, I I don't know who I have more confidence in, Gibson or Sanders, and I'm kind of you know, looking at those two guys. Like, why do I have Sanders above Gibson that much? You know what I'm saying? Like I moved Gibson down three spots, I moved Sanders down two spots, but I think it was because I moved up Mike Davis into this because he wasn't there before.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I moved a couple of guys up. Um so I think we talked a lot about J.K. Dobbins already. As much as we're fans of him, it's just The fact that he's not getting targeted and Gus Edwards is still there to the point where like we we might not see Dobbins get like close to twenty carries a game, unfortunately, even though it's Mm -hmm. a run heavy team. Yep. Um, what else? Mike Davis, like this guy, has the upside of being a three down back. You know, seventy percent of snaps, something like that, and we know that he can get it done. Um, They don't have that much depth behind him. Um, there are guys behind him, like he said, Cordell Patterson, but I, I just don't know that uh, he's going to get too much work behind him like, as a true running back. Okay. Uh, let's see, Miles Gaston. I I moved him up uh, because I was assuming that the Dolphins were gonna were gonna draft somebody, so I moved him up eight spots. He's at twenty one for me. Um, he's He's gonna get a ton of pass well. catching work, man. Uh, he's one. Of the, he was one of the most efficient pass catchers, uh, pass catching running backs last year. So you know, he's somebody who has. He, he, he makes plays, dude, in the pass game. I was looking at some of his stuff last year, and he was making guys miss a little bit, and he was making big plays in the past game. So um, I'm excited to see what he could do. I think RB21, like as a low-end RB2, I think that's a pretty safe floor for him. So
0: I misspoke, or at least I'm changing it in my head now. I Okay, in my head, I just made this change. I put sure. Travis Etienne at 20. Okay. I put J.K. Dobbins at 21. And I threw Miles Gaskin at 22. I like it. I, I can totally get behind that. I mean, moving him up, like, it makes sense.
1: Like, I have, where do I have Travis Etienne? <laughs> what, what am I talking about? I have Travis Etienne right after Miles Gaskin. So he's at he's 20. My, Travis Etienne's at 22 for me.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think I have JK Dobbins, uh, David Montgomery in that 22, 23 range. Here's the thing with Dobbins for me if Gus Edwards gets hurt,
1: like, Dobbins is like a league winner. At that point,
0: I don't, I still don't even think so. Well,
1: who Who is going to be the guy there? They don't have Justice anybody. Justice Hill,
0: Lamar no, Jackson. Dude, I, I,
1: I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I think if if there's one guy, one main running back in that backfield, they're not taking. Mm-hmm. Listen, Gus Edwards produces when he gets the ball. Let's be honest. Here. He's had like 700 yeah. yards in back to have gears. Dude, and his yards per carry, his yards after contact, it's legit. He's a good running back. So why not? Keep these guys fresh. As a run-heavy team, keep these guys fresh. But if Gus Edwards gets hurt, don't get it twisted, dude.
0: J.K. Damos is going to get, like,
1: 22, 23 carries a game. He's going to ball the fuck
0: out. I'm looking at Gus Edwards' stats. Every single year of his career, he's had at least 700 rushing yards, including his rookie year where he played 11 games, and he had 718 rushing yards, 5.2 yards a carry. The following year, 5.4 yards per carry. The following year, five years per carry. I mean, he's just been... The king of efficiency, and he had six hey, touchdowns man. last year.
1: He's productive, um, and he's the reason why JK Dobbins is in the 20s for us, early 20s for us, because yep. he's just he's there still. But I, I listen, man, if he's gone, I'm telling you, JK Dobbins is gonna go 23 carries a game, calling it,
0: calling it. I think it's more like 15 to 20 range. I don't think he's gonna see over 20. Even Ooh, with who's Eddie gonna carry that? the ball? That who's they're Lamar. running their
1: offense is gonna get what, 30 carries a game? He's gonna get his regular 15 to 20 that he always gets. They're not gonna give him five more carries. They can't do that to him. They're gonna, they're gonna run the ball more. I think more they're, gonna they're gonna end gonna... up
0: rotating guys in. We saw so Justice is, Hill get rotated in this a little what, bit last this is what's year. Gonna, too.
1: This is what, and they're gonna run the ball like 15 to 20 times with Justice Hill. Do you no. really think that's gonna Instead of giving, instead of giving JK five more carries a game, they're gonna give it to Look, Justice Hill. If they
0: were smart, JK would already be getting 20 plus carries a game. Like there's a reason they're doing okay. this, you know what I mean? Like it, if if they were smart, Justice Hill wouldn't have came in for passing situations at the end of last year. Like they wouldn't have done that, right? It, it just it's probably it doesn't make because sense of the the pass star. blocking. Probably because of pass blocking.
1: That's probably why it. potentially,
0: that. but that still stands to where if Gus Edwards were to go down, who says Justice Hill doesn't come in for pass catching?
1: pass blocking, I, I,
0: whatever it is. I, I, I really don't
1: think that's that's going to happen, dude. Like, it, Justice Hill is not on the same level as a rusher. Not nearly. That, that Gus Edwards is, you know what I mean? Like, And that's the only reason why they're giving him the ball, because he's actually good. You know what I mean? Like, he he, he could do that. Like, if the running – let's say the running backs combine between Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Let's say these two combine for 35 carries a game. Or 30 – let's say 32 carries a game. 16 carries each for both of them. Okay. If Gus Edwards goes down and they give J.K. Dobbins 20 carries a game now, they still have 12 carries to give to somebody else. Where are they allocating that? They're not going to become pass heavy. They're not going to give it to all of them to Lamar. Maybe they give six to Lamar, six to, you know, Justice Hill. Something like that,
0: but the, J.K. is going to get a bump, dude. He's going to get hey, well, a bump. Here's okay. the situation. Okay. <laughs> how would your how would your mind change if J.K. Dobbins was hurt, and then Gus Edwards was lead back? Do you think Edwards uh, would be crazy value? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, okay, I don't think that...
1: he's like a, he's. I don't think he's the same league winner type okay. of of guy. Um. Because I don't think like I think J.K. Dobbins is way more explosive, you know, more more big plays that sort of thing. But I do think that uh, that he has the potential of of getting, you know, uh, maybe like three to four more
0: carries per game. Okay, well, here's what happened last year: one game J.K. Dobbins was out. Gus Edwards played 52 percent of the snaps, and Justice Hill played 48 percent of the snaps. Gus Edwards had nine carries, and Justice Hill had nine carries. All right, so there you go.
1: Sample size of one game. One game. So, 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 what happened? Was there. And, and what was that game like? Who, who were they playing? Like, what was
0: going on? Well, Gus Edwards was a shit runner. It was against Pittsburgh. Okay. They still won that game. Justice Hill had nine rushes for 35 yards. Gus Edwards had nine rushes for 10 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Maybe Justice that's why? Hill also, hot. Huh? Maybe that's why? No, that's a big reason why. But point being, like, they tried busted hill enough to they, they didn't just keep edwards in and i know if dobbins is efficient like that's an argument obviously to keep him in the game but my point being is that they're willing to put justice hill on the field and this was with mark even with jk dobbins out mark Ingram We're was talking still a healthy scratch
1: okay but listen this guy went nine for ten <laughs> he went nine for ten of like, like he, if he if he does his normal five yards of carry like do you think they're gonna break in justice hill for, for an equal amount of carries,
0: yeah. I, look, I, I understand that. <laughs> and, but and it's like... the Steelers,
1: right? It's the Steelers. You got to do different things against the Steelers. It's a good front, right? You got to do different things. I can't. I can't take that sample size and like let it mess with my brain right now. I can't let you penetrate my dome <laughs> right now, dude. I can't. <laughs> like, we gotta move on, bro. <laughs> we
0: can't. My point of this is, like, (laughs) yeah, Justice Hill, he's not a great running back, but he's also not, like, scraps. He's going to be involved in one way or another if Dobbins or Edwards go down.
1: I think there's no choice because they can't give Dobbins 30 carries a game. I think they can't. They they can't give him 30. They're going to give him, like, 22, 23, maybe 25 here and there. 15, 20 even? Oh, my God. You're (laughs) bugging, dude. All right. So, I know. I know. Um Okay travis Etienne, man like i think they're gonna revolve this offense around this dude, dude. See like, it seems like it it seems like that's what the plan is at least and if the plan works and if he's as good as as he was in college anywhere close to how good he was in college in the nfl those touches can add up and he could be efficient like we're looking at an alvin Kamara type of role here yeah. for him um you know if we're talking in running back terms so i moved him up like obviously like <laughs> in my rankings, it shows up twenty six spots because he wasn't. I, mean, I I didn't really rank him. He didn't before. exist. <laughs> yeah, he didn't exist. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, low end RB two. Like if, if they plan to use him, how we think we're gonna use him? You know, I basically unranked James Robinson for yep. now. Like that's basically what I did with him. Like I, I don't know where to put, or I, I I don't know where to put him. Let's see where I put him. He's at like 44 43 for me. Um, but <laughs> you know. Can he still do some things? Can he still be a goal line back? Maybe. Yeah, sure. Like, can he still get 15 touches a game? I think so. Maybe like, you know, 12 carries, th- three catches, something like that, you know. Mm. Uh, but who, I, I think that they're going to use him as a running back, ETN, I mean, as a running back, as a receiver. It's going to be an interesting situation. Yeah. Um, I have David Montgomery at 23. Um, I yeah, I think he could still be a low-end RB2, you know, with with Tariq Cohen there. The offense yeah, getting have a little bit better. Though. Yeah, oh, do you really that's about 20? Uh Justin Fields, um, you know, hopefully making this this situation a little bit better. Hopefully, Andy Dalton is not the starter there. Um, and you know, this offense should hopefully get better, more deep shots, more room for Montgomery to run um you know and Montgomery kind of found his groove last year a little bit so you know as an early down guy uh, he might be a little bit touchdown dependent but at the same time I think this can be a situation where uh the offense has improved enough to the point where he he you know he hits he hits like value as an RB2 is
0: there a scenario where Monty continues what he did last year um I mean matchups were one game but in terms of volume yeah,
1: in the run game in in terms of overall volume no because like he was getting way he was getting a lot of pass catching volume without Tariq Cohen there without yeah. a third down without he was playing every snap <laughs> pretty much right so like yeah. he was getting a lot of dump offs uh you know from chubisky and all that and Foles. so um i think this is a situation where montgomery is going to be strictly the early down guy he might see three to four targets a game something like that maybe five targets a game you know catch maybe he'll average like 3.5 like catches a game something like that which isn't terrible you know um but I don't think that the volume is going to be anywhere close to it was. Um, I see maybe 275, something like that, which is pretty good, you know, Like, but most of that coming on the ground. Yeah. Um, I have Kenyon Drake at, as, at the last RB2 spot. Um,
0: Kenyon Drake, not Josh Jacobs?
1: Yeah. Not Josh Jacobs. I prefer Kenyon Drake over Josh Jacobs Whoa! as of right now
0: in, in full PPR
1: leagues. um, I, I think Josh I'm Jacobs confident. is – in in neither. i'm not saying this confidently (laughs) like don't get it don't get it twisted uh i'm not i have josh jacobs like two spots below him at 26 i have kareem hunt at 25 um but the reason why i have Kenyon drake i I honestly think that drake can be used on every down we know that he came he's coming in as a passing down guy okay we know that they don't want to use josh jacobs in those passing situations they proved it over and over and over and over again so Kenyon drake is going to be their passing down guy and is he going to be limited to only passing downs? I don't think so. I think he's going to come in and play some early down work as well. So if he's getting work on all three downs, you know, 50% of snaps, something like that, and then Josh Jacobs is playing 50% of snaps but only getting early down work, what happens there? Kenya Drake got a ton of goal line work last year too. Can they switch that up a little bit? Half and half, three-fourths, one-fourth, something like that. I don't know. I think there's a little I, bit of a risk there with Josh Jacobs. He's I get your a, point being
0: extremely like. He's touchdown dependent. Sure. I, I understand your point of like equal roles plus Drake has the pass catching upside. Um, You know, I'm not a huge fan of Jacobs. I did a write on him, write up on him. And he was very game, you know, he was very easy matchup dependent. Um, Overall, he was a running back eight, but he was a running back 14 in PPR. He finished the season with 12 touchdowns which is huge and he had some big games. But look at the where those big games came up against. He had 30 36 points against Carolina, bad run defense. He had 22 and a half points against Kansas City, another bad run defense. Um still an aggressive game but you know, bad run defense. In, in a positive game script by the way. That's the game they won. Exactly.
1: And, and how often is that going to happen against the Chiefs? Not often.
0: Exactly. Uh he had 20 plus points in two games against Denver, bad team. Just overall and 20 points against the Chargers, another just rad, bad run defense. Outside of that, Jacobs had 10.2 points per game. Like,
1: Very inconsistent.
0: We're not just completely erasing all those games either, but we're just saying when he doesn't have that easy matchup, he did not come through. Uh, he's got more competition with Kenny Drake. He downgraded the offensive line. Overall, yes, I know they added other pieces, Um, You know, they lost Gabe Jackson, uh, Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, even though Trent Brown didn't play last year, what he would have done at right tackle. I'm still taking into, into effect. Um, They replaced him with Richie incognito. Who's going to be 38 years old and Alex Leatherwood a day two offensive tackle who the Raiders reached on in round one. Uh, He's not a bad tackle, but just point being, there was other better guys available. So yeah, you know, he's got back-to-back years with over a 1,000 yards. I think he has his moments as a rusher, but I don't know. I I still feel like he's the 1A in this offense. I'm not trusting Drake. I think Drake is going to be in a 1B slash backup type role. He can take away parts of each of those games, but I think uh, Jacobs is going to be the guy where they're going to start, okay, 15, 20 carries a game. They might give that to Jacobs, and then Drake might spl- uh, sprinkle in and take away some of that. So I'll go with the guy who's gonna get more touches. Drake is probably gonna get more receptions and targets, but overall I think Jacobs is gonna be the one to get 250 plus carries at the end of the year.
1: Uh can can, can I remind you of the contract that Kenyon Drake just signed? <laughs> sure. Two years eleven million. You know how much of that get was guaranteed? All of it? Eleven million. Eleven million. You think they signed Kenyon Drake to be a, a sprinkle in type of guy? Yeah, I don't think he's a sprinkling years. type of guy.
0: <laughs> out, of t- out of two years, based on what Drake was making last year, Drake was making $10 million fully guaranteed last year. So he downgraded sure. his contract into the a two market, year deal, which is a six and a half he, million each he, year.
1: Well, no, he, he didn't downgrade anything because he was on the free market, right? He was a free agent. The market said that I'm going to sure. pay you five and a half million per year. And for a running back, that's pretty good money. Right, he's making. He made more than most running backs p- got paid this offseason in terms of uh, free agent contracts. So this was not like a small signing at all for the Raiders. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, I, I, I think
0: I, I think he's definitely going to be involved.
1: Sure, I, I think if they want to get somebody who is just involved, right, they would have signed somebody a lot cheaper. Either that, or they keep what they had because they had Josh Jacobs. Fair. You know, I think this is going to be a true committee. I really do, and I think Josh Jacobs snaps are going to go down. I think his touches are going to go down. I think the upside of those twenty to twenty five carry carry games are pretty much gone at this
0: point, as Can long as Drake you, is healthy. Who do you have at twenty five? Because it sounds like you got someone right in the middle of uh, that Drake and Jacob sandwich. Kareem Hunt. Oh <laughs> yeah, okay. That's Kareem Hunt. That's who I've got. Kareem, there too. Kareem Hunt's
1: like one of those guys. He's
0: so hard to project.
1: Like you're basically projecting efficiency. From Kareem Hunt, pretty much, and
0: I feel like the biggest thing with Hunt last year was like, okay, if Nick Chubb goes down, <laughs> right, he's nuts. And then he just, you know, he he had his moments, but overall, like, Kareem Hunt did not explode like we all thought he was when Chubb was off the field.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, right? And and but like, the, I feel like this offense is going to be rolling this year, I feel like they're going to be efficient. Um, and I feel and, like he it's one of those situations where he's going to get his. Maybe on like 10 to 15 touches, but you know what that
0: reminds me of? What it reminds me of Alexander Madison every year? We're like, he's the handcuff, he's the canto, <laughs> but every single time he's in a situation where Dalvin is down, Alexander Madison is either hurt or does not come through. Right. And it's hilarious. Like Alexander ha- Madison has been this handcuff for Dalvin Cook all this time, but he's never <laughs> once came in and like, yes, thank God I stashed him. Yes, thank God I picked up Alexander. He's just disappointed or just been hurt at the same exact time, which I think is hilarious. And it kind of reminds me of Cream Hunt. Of like, oh, when we wanted him to come in with exactly. that role, he just really did meanwhile, not go through.
1: Meanwhile, guys like Mike Davis, guys like Jamal Williams yep. last year, guys like even Gio Bernard when when Joe Mixon got hurt, yeah, right? at times. Like, those are the guys that you're like, you who would you rather have handcuffed, you know what I mean? Alexander exactly. Madison or those guys, and it's just like it just really didn't work out at all. And, this, with and especially so
0: with the uh, the Dalvin Cook contract rumors, he was way overdrafted last year,
1: yeah, man, yeah, man, seriously. Um, um so
0: 26 27, I have Chase Edmonds and Michael Carter,
1: okay, yeah, I have uh, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds there. Oh!
0: Did you just say Raheem Mostert?
1: Yeah, as of right now. As oh, of right God. now, I have Raheem Mostert. Oh, Listen, no. I'm probably not. I'm not drafting Raheem Mostert. But if he's the 1A going into the season, he he should be started week one.
0: You, you know what the 49ers offense Yeah,
1: as, is? As, as, as a flex.
0: You know what the 49ers offense is? What? Alphabet soup. Okay, because you got 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E, 1F. It's just 1A. Let's call it Raheem Mostert. Yeah. One B, let's call it Trey Sermon. One C, let's call it Wayne Gallman. One D, let's call it uh, Elijah Mitchell. One E, let's call it Jeff Wilson if he ever comes back, right? One F, let's call it Kyle Hughescheck who's led the team in targets in terms of all the running backs over the last couple of years. One, what the fuck letter are we at? E, F, G. <laughs> I still have to do the alphabet. Uh, one G, let's call it Trey Lance, the guy who had a thousand rushing so- yards.
1: I, I really don't think that's how the offense is going to work. I don't think it's going to be a seven-man rotation. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a four-man rotation or three-man rotation.
0: Really? It, it,
1: here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, when Raheem Mostert is healthy, mm-hmm. he's going to get 15 carries. He's going to get 17 carries. That That's going to be his job until he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in camp, if Trey Sermon ends up doing his thing or um, – you know Elijah Mitchell does his thing. or I don't necessarily think that this is going to be a situation where like Raheem Mostert comes in and you're, he's getting only 10 carries a game. Another back's getting five. Another back's getting seven. If Raheem Mostert is healthy, I think he'll be okay. Now, I don't want anything to do with this backfield unless I'm drafting like Trace. I'm not even drafting Trace Sermon because he's going to be drafted too early as well. Elijah yeah. Mitchell, I'm not going to draft him either because he's going to be a free agent. You're going to be able to pick him up when one of these running backs get hurt right we already what's up with San Francisco running backs by the way they're already getting hurt like every single year they're getting hurt Jefferson's already he already tours meniscus like it's. it's, we're we're in May right now dude like every single year this happens just hold Um, it together bro (laughs) but for me like I I think that Raheem Mostert right now is the guy um and I think that if he keeps the 1A role he's gonna have value right and I I don't I I don't want to like act like he has no value just because of the fact that they have these other backs behind him. And I just don't think it's going to be like a four-man rotation. I think. Am I I ever drafting him? Mm -hmm. No. But if he's playing, he's going to be a flex option.
0: Here's the thing for me of like, he might be a flex option, but at the same time, when is he going to blow up? Is it his game to blow up? Let's call it a two-man backfield, right? What we've seen over the years with Kyle Shanahan is – you know, let's get Mostert out there. Mostert goes out there. He gets his five carries. He's not doing so well. All of a sudden, Tevin Coleman comes in. Jared McKinnon comes in, rips off a big run. Guess what? Now it's their game. It's no longer Raheem Mostert's game. It's it's the hot hand to a T. It's on a game-to-game basis hot hand. If Elijah Mitchell, it, it, let's call it a two-man committee that doesn't mean like a third person can't come in for one carry or like use check. Isn't going to get like one target or whatever, like other guys are going to be involved, even if it's for one play. Right. Let's say sure. Elijah Mitchell comes in, gets one carry takes it for 20 yards. Okay. Let's keep it going. Keep Elijah on the field. Keep it going. All of a sudden that's a whole drive. That's lost for me and Raheem Mostert. And then the next drive you're looking at, okay who's actually going to be in the field. I, I wouldn't want to put money on Raheem Mostert being the starter on that next drive or Trey Sermon or this guy or this guy. So that's why I feel like this is a complete hot hand. And we've seen this from Kyle Shanahan. So yeah, like in, in those last couple of games, I know Raheem Mostert was coming off injury. So was Jeff Wilson, but Jeff Wilson did outsnap him on a per game basis in the last four games that they played together. So it, it's completely like, I don't know. I'm. I know you have him at 27. The the earliest 49ers running back I have, I put Trey Sermon just because of the rookie upside. I hate the player, I hate everything. Uh, he's the earliest 49ers running back I have in there. He's 37 for me. I, I can't see myself taking a 49ers running back any yeah. higher than that. And and like I have Raheem Mostert 43, whatever. Um, I'll take a shot on Elijah Mitchell late. You know, I'll do that. I think we both really like Elijah Mitchell and we both like the situation there. If we're playing the ADB game, he's going to be the one we do yeah. ultimately pick. He's probably like someone you don't even have the draft, to be honest yeah. With you. you unless, don't to, he'll probably... Unless there's, a like a, as,
1: as, unless there's like a ridiculous amount of hype on him, like in camp or whatever. Yeah. It, there was already a, a blurb about him impressing in OTAs. I don't know if you saw that, uh, but I, I found that really interesting. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found that interesting. Um, okay, let's move on to Chase Edmonds real quick. Um, let's touch on him quickly. So... Um, he was a winner in this draft. They signed James Conner. James Conner hasn't proved to stay healthy over the past three seasons nope. at all. What happens when James Conner gets hurt? What happens in this backfield? Like, Chase Edmonds, listen, I know he's not a bell back. He's not a workhorse back. He's not that guy. Listen, he wasn't workhorse in college, but that's college. Now, what happens, though? We saw two games where Chase Edmonds saw, like, 95% of snaps under, you know, under Cliff. So now what happens, right? Do they do that? I don't think so. If it's for an extended period of time, I don't think they do that. But what do you think a sustainable snap percentage is for Chase Edmonds? And do you think that if Connor goes down, he has like top 15 upside on a weekly basis? Is that possible?
0: Yeah, I think especially with the pass catching as well. I think Edmonds easily is in that top 15 range. Um, for PPR purposes, with James Connor going down, I view James Connor as a significantly less threat than Kenyon Drake in this backfield. I think Kenyon Drake took away uh, a lot more as an early down runner. He had the capabilities, pass catcher, didn't really use him in that sense. Yeah. They used him a little more later in the year, but for yeah. the most part, Kenyon Drake wasn't used as that type of guy. Kenyon Drake was used as the goal line back. Um, yep. James Connor probably going to be used as the goal line back. He might get some yes. early down work. But he he's really only had one good year covering for Le'Veon Bell, and that was a at that time the Steelers had a great offensive line that had a great system in place for workhorse running backs, and as Connor has done since then has gotten hurt. And when he's been on the field, he's been terribly inconsistent. They signed Connor to a what one year, two million dollar deal. Yeah, like if long. money's talking here, it's it, the talk is that Chase Edmonds is the guy in this backfield, or at least the one A. I don't see the value in drafting a guy like Connor. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think the the only value in Connor. Sure, good.
1: I was going to ask you about his price, Edmund's price right now. He's about in the sixth round. Would you consider him that? Amazing.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and like I said, like it it literally, if I can go Dalvin Cook in round one, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson round two and three, and then circle back in the fourth round, um, get Travis Etienne let's say I take like TJ Hawkinson in the fifth and then top it off with chase Edmonds in the sixth. That's that's killer. That's a killer like top five rounds. Like Edmonds is my running back three. I'd be completely fine with. Right. Yep. Especially in PPR, no. like in PPR specifically, I will say
1: for sure. For sure. And who doesn't play PPR at this point?
0: Um yeah. Chums. Where do you
1: have, da- where do you have Damien Harris?
0: <laughs> All right. So as a Patriots fan, um, I have him at 35. I want to put him higher. I really want to fit him in higher. I thought about putting him at like 30. I, I do 31. have him higher.
1: I have him at 20, 29, right below
0: Chase Evans. I'm fine with that, dude. I'm completely fine with that. My only concern is like Damien Harris is easily the best running back in the backfield. Yeah. Um, Ramondre Stevenson scares me a little yeah. bit, right? I've heard, sure. I've seen you. the blunt comparisons there uh we don't know what cam's going to take away in terms of a runner he's i mean if they get towards the goal line if it's cam or harris it's going to be cam like eight out of ten times you know um cam is easily the better goal line back so to speak than damian harris but damian harris is very easily the best runner on the team and he's going to be the guy to get you know 15 20 carries but if he doesn't get that touchdown Damian Harris is gonna end, if he ends every yes. game with 18 carries for 70 or 80 yards, you got a <laughs> seven to eight point, you know, seven to eight point exactly. running back on a game to game basis, and he's not gonna get targeted like
1: he's touchdown dependent. He, exactly, he, he really is. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's it's that situation, and like when you're in this range of, of running backs, like you know, you're, get, you're gonna get to these touchdown dependent guys. Um, I think so Damian I say, Harris yeah, I think so, and he's going super late too. Like he's he's like the he's probably the, the 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 running back that's the starting running back. He's the latest
0: starting running back being taken in drafts right now. That's what I'm trying. I've been trying to yeah, say. Yeah, and look, depending on the matchup, matchup, you could flex this guy. You could flex this guy, and he can get you 15 to 20 points. He's had huge games. He did that last year too. Yeah. Um, um, my 27 to 30. I have Michael Carter at 27, Javante Williams at 28. I got Zach Moss at 29 and Ronald Jones at 30.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I, I had um, I, I spoke. I had Josh Jacobs at twenty six, um, Jamie Harris at twenty nine, and then Melvin Gordon at thirty. So it was Raheem Mostert, Edmonds, Harris. Where do you have Williams Gordon, as
0: opposed to Gordon?
1: Thirty one.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I have Gordon at thirty two um,
1: and Williams at twenty eight. J- Javante Williams, if he stays near that double digit rounds right now, like he is right now, <laughs> you better scoop his ass up because if mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon goes down number 1 or number 2 loses his job because Javante Williams is a baller um it's as a
0: starter like he has so much upside dude he has let so me, much upside let me paint a picture for you right paint let's it paint it a Picasso. picture here. let's paint a zero running back picture right now okay yeah you pick at the end of the first round you get a uh, let's let's call it a Stefan Diggs and Travis Kelsey right. at the end of the first round, beginning of the second. However, that works. Okay. Move to the third round. Uh, who's there at that point? Maybe Calvin Ridley, because of right now, his ADP is a little lower with Julio there. Um, if not Calvin Ridley, you're getting like, a, like a, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb, whatever it is, whoever you're getting in the end of the third round top it off with another receiver in the fourth round fifth round chase edmonds um sixth round you're looking at like maybe like michael carter damian harris someone like that like would you be okay with a running back room filled with like chase edmonds um potentially like kareem Hunt, michael carter javante williams zach moss you know throw in damian harris or whoever on top of that pile but like Does that sound terrible? Because it really doesn't. Mike,
1: just say Mike Davis, because he'll be there.
0: Not Mike Davis. I'm sorry. Mike Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Zach Moss, Chase Edmonds. uh,
1: Mike Davis is in that zero RB conversation though, right? Because he's being taken like the fifth round.
0: That's true. At times, so and I I did a mock and got him in the fifth anyway.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So like it's one of those situations where he's (laughs) part of that like group, right? And, And I'm okay with that, man. Like what that means is that I got a stud at tight end. I got stud wide receivers. Um, you got yeah, a flex. I'm, I'm, I'm almost okay with the zero running back strategy if that's how the board plays to me. Exactly. Right. I'm not a zero running back guy. But, like, if I, if you're going to give me A.J. Brown in the middle middle of the second round, I'm going to take his ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to. You're going to give me Stephon Diggs there. You're going to give me Keenan Allen at the end of the second. I'm going to take him. Mm-hmm. And, and if that means I have no running backs in the first two rounds, so be it. Mm-hmm. So Damn be right. it. So that's that's I'm okay with that, man. Like I'm going with the, I'm I'll take those high upside running backs like the ones that you mentioned because they have opportunity to like kill it, especially towards the second half of the year. Get a couple wins together, kill it in the second half, you know, make some trades. Do do, do what you gotta do? Um not Najee Harris, like he's somebody who like you know a lot of people are gonna be taking him in the first round, end of first round. I'm okay with that. But he's another running back that got put in. To that to that first round where wide receivers and tight ends are gonna fall. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's just one one more spot, right? And listen, I'm okay taking Najee Harris there. Like I, I will take him there because I believe that he's gonna get like a shit ton of touches this year. Um but it's just an example of like how the board can fall and how mm-hmm. he affects that. Um okay so I think I think we nailed a lot of these guys. I had Michael Carter at 32 after Javante um you know so, and I think after that, like David Johnson, Ronald Jones.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: whatever else. And like, that's about there. it. Like, whatever. It, it, Covered a important. lot. Yeah. And, and we'll we'll go over like a lot of our sleepers and values and who we're picking late and who, who, we, who we think has upside super late. And yeah, we, we got, got more breakdowns coming. Um, but yeah. Okay. I, I think that'll do it, man. This was a long podcast. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you for listening if you were able to make it through. Um, I think this was a great conversation, man. Really good debates in this one. Um, yeah. which I, I was happy about. So uh thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm upperhand fantasy on Instagram. Joe is fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. Go check check our pages out if you don't if you don't already follow us there. Uh, send us a DM, see how we're doing. We want to talk to you guys. Leave a leave a review if you if you can. Uh, leave a rating for the podcast. Help. It helps us out so should, much. Right. <laughs> it, listen, I know that you guys don't want to give away all the goods to your fantasy lead mates and all that kind of stuff. But if you could share the podcast with one other person, that would mean so much to us. You know what you we know should what I mean? do.
0: Um, what's that? We should make one episode where we just give terrible advice, and like <laughs> they can share that one with their friends, and then it's like oh.
1: <laughs> just the opposite. Just like opposite <laughs> yeah. day. Of what um, we're looking <laughs>
0: for.
1: Oh man. Uh yeah. So all right, guys. Uh thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh next week we're gonna go at uh, you know go for wide receivers, basically the same thing that we did today. So wow. take it easy, guys. We'll see you soon <laughs> later. See you.